This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. Listen, everybody, just a a word of advice here. When you call in with your questions, please be concise because we would love to get to as many questions as possible. And the shorter they are, the better they are, which means that we can devote more time to our uh, deep knowledge with our answers. Allie Adler. Allie, are you recording? I don't know. Am I recording? (laughs) Do you have have stage fright suddenly? (laughs) Yes. Okay, so everybody understands. We're having one of our best friends on because we thought it would be really fun. It's the one, it's the only Allie Adler. She gives great advice. Wow. Alice Piazeki is pretty much based on in my book. Thank you. And isn't that a true story anyway? Because your friend Kathy Greenberg wrote. My friend Kathy Greenberg helped uh, co-create the original OGL word. Um, And I think for her, Alice was sort of inspired by that. But I think Eileen also has said uh, that certain pieces of Alice have been taken from my being, which is quite a compliment (laughs) given uh, that Leisha is so talented. But then Leisha always calls me and says, "Um, hey, um, how would you say it? um, Allie, how would you say it? Like if you were saying it, how would you say it? (laughs) Oh, wait, so you you give her line readings. That ended a while back, but yes, I have done yeah, it many you've, times. You've morphed into this character you've been playing for 15 years. You now have become, <laughs> you've become me. I am. I'm quite Until I see this. you again and I remember how funny you are and you're way funnier. Don't set the audience up for, for sad failure on my part. <laughs> oh, Allie, I'm going to call you from line. I'm going to call you for uh, line readings from now on. Okay. Um, I don't so do Shane. I only do Alice. Shane's not that snarky. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Maybe you can like make sense of something and you'll Shane, say it means this. Shane's way cooler than I am. No, she's not. Yeah. She's how I try to be in, in the world. The Shane swagger. No, you just try to get the haircuts. I don't think you do the swagger thing anymore. You, there was a time. There was a time. Well, I'm, I've swaggered past that time. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. We all have. Uh, well, yeah. No, Sh- Shane, what's funny, though, about my darling friend, Kate Menig, is that she is not Shane. And I wish you guys could know Kate, because as cool as Shane is, Kate is like so shy and sweet and smart and gentle. And it's so different than Shane. So anyway, I'm lucky yeah. and, and you're envious. <laughs> um, also, just to like plug you a little, you're mm. an incredible television writer. 
mm-hmm. slash creator. Thank you. Do you want to tell people some of your major projects? Yeah, give us your resume, Ali. Oh, sure. I'll just go. Well, um, <laughs> go in, into it. <laughs> in 1971, I was, uh, no, I mean, I, I have co-created, um, I've co-created a couple of major television programs. One you might be familiar with is uh, Supergirl. That's currently on CW and uh, starring Melissa Benoist. And she plays, you know, a super girl. Um, I co-created that with Greg Berlanti. And then uh, Misha was actually cast on one of my projects, another um, TV show that I had on there called The New Normal a few years ago that I co-created with Ryan Murphy. She was cast as lesbian couple. <laughs> and she she was married to Constance Zimmer, who's so incredible nice. an actor. Yeah. Hot couple, right? Yeah. Leash, were you a regular on the show? I'm well, sorry. I no, wish for more. Was... We should have spun you off. I got <laughs> I got really excited when you had me audition for that and I got the part. I didn't I, have you audition for that. You oh, got you did it. Uh, yeah. Like, did you just give it to me? Yeah, I gave it to you. So I didn't see. I read for you Done. though, for something else. I had to, co- I had to audition for you once. Do you think you can play a gay woman? Huh? I wonder <laughs> if you can. Let me look back on the vast tape. Um, yes, you did audition for me on a show called No Ordinary Family that I was executive producer on, but did not okay, create. That's what that I was got him. John Feldman's show and, and Greg Berlanti's show. But uh, yeah. I just did. remember being really nervous to audition for you because you're like my best friend. I love you. And I was like, how do we do this? And you, I remember you were so professional in the room. I had to pretend to be someone else. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we both pretended we didn't know each other. Yes, nice and you to were meet like, you, Alicia. We call each other Quad. It's an old joke, but we, I, you were like, Quad, you have to come in and just, you don't know me. And I'm like, okay. Well, you're going to have to tell the backstory of Quad because otherwise it sounds incredibly impolitic. It's um, so dated, okay. though. It's very dated. That's why we still use it. As someone who has listened to you call each other quad for, what are we, going on 20 years now? It's incredibly yeah. dated, that nickname. That's why we no, like it's, it. It's also incredibly impolitic. So let's say why, just so that we don't sound insane. Quad is a, a foursome of people, right? Uh, not mm-hmm. a couple, but a quad. So we're not like, <laughs> anyway. Uh, so she, she used to be with uh, a young lady and I previously was with a young lady and we'd go out to dinner and we'd hang out all the time and we'd go for adventures and, uh, travel together and call each other on the phone. And when we did back when people called each other on the phone, we'd say, Hey Claude, how are you? Cause it didn't matter which one of the four we were talking to. We were all this great, happy friend, family of four. Right. And then we all tr- tragically had awful breakups. And then we had terrible breakups <laughs> within like two weeks of each other. <laughs> and we just hung on to it because it was funny. Well, for a while, we, I tried to call you Leisha, but it just didn't work. Sounds weird. Yeah. yeah. And so, so we now, still do it 20 something years later. Thank you, Quad. Do you want to, oh, do you want to tell everyone about Phil Donahue? I think that's a fun oh, story God. about you. Come oh, on. God. It just makes me sound 100 years old. In case old. someone could YouTube it, maybe. The Phil Donahue was a uh, talk show host in the 1980s and 90s, and I, maybe even 70s. But when you say you were on the Wait, Donahue... isn't it sad that you have to even say who Phil Donahue was? Because some people don't even know what he is. It's like saying Oprah Winfrey. Like, who, like in 2030, who was Oprah Winfrey? Like, you have to go right. back and look at the panels. But Phil was an incredible... Um, you know, interviewer at, uh, 
and talk show when it wasn't salacious. It wasn't, it was just about politics and the world at large and culture. And he was this uh, guy and uh, backing up a bit from Phil is when I was in school um, in the old days at UCLA, uh, me and some friends of mine uh, created the first lesbian sorority and we went, we filed a commission with the UCLA, whatever Greek board was. And we got all this publicity because we were like this out gay sorority. And so we landed on the Phil Donahue show. And uh, <laughs> it was kind of a big deal because, you know, like, well, A, my grandmother stopped speaking to me. <laughs> but, but B, we were the face of gay at a time where there were no, you know, out fresh faces of gay. I think this was pre-Ellen. This was pre who, you know, it was post Stonewall and pre-Ellen. So that whole time it was like, it was even before Melissa Etheridge and those guys. So it really was, you know, when Ellen talks about that, she is the queen of lesbians to me, it's always made by the people who came before her including you guys. And uh, so I was the people before you. And, and we went on the Donahue show with fresh faced and eager, eager eyed. And, uh, you know, and summarily my grandmother cut me off, but it was, it was worth it. Ultimately, I got a lot of mail because it was mail back then, real mail that said, you know, we changed something really positively in, in people's lives and their households and uh, showed, you know, parents that didn't understand what gay people could look like. Mm. It's amazing. Yeah. I've seen it. You've shown it to me. It's incredible. It's You're embarrassing. Such a little baby too. No, it's not. It's no, it's amazing. embarrassing that I've shown that to you. I apologize. I'm living on my I old I think I morals. begged you. I think I begged you. Okay. And guess what? Anyone can find it now. It's all right. It's I'm going to find it when we're done with this episode. I don't think you can find Phil Donahue. I can find anything. I'm scared. On the internet. What were you called? By the way, your sorority. Lambda Delta Lambda, the nation's first lesbian sorority. This is actually so funny. Wait. So I was watching it with some girl that I had dated many, 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 many years after this experience. And she goes, hey, someone stopped and asked a question in the audience. Phil would go to the audience and get questions from the audience. And this girl I was dating goes, hey, is that Julie Chen? And you might know Julie Chen as the host of Big Brother. And I was like, no, I don't think it's Julie Chen. Anyway, we, we went back and we rewound it. And it was fucking Julie Chen in the Where? audience of the Phil Donahue show asking an interrogatory question of the sorority girls on the stage. What? So, yeah, at the time, I, I, have, I have children with Sarah Gilbert, who was then doing the talk. And I texted Sarah because now we text. And I said, Sarah... Is, did, can you ask Julie if she was in the audience of a lesbian sorority in Phil Donahue <laughs> show back in the day? And it turns out it was Julie Chen, like who was doing, I guess, wow. the early important work of asking the hard questions. <laughs> she was always a reporter before she was on Big Brother. Was she just randomly there that day? I mean, I think it was, you know, she was a USC student and wanted to ask questions about it. I don't know whether she just wanted to get wow. her face on screen, but she was diligent in, in her early work. <laughs> Wow. That's good. That's um, good stuff. Allie, just to shift gears for a second, you did something that um, I that is always 
It's always blown my mind. You wrote my favorite 90210 episode of any 90210 oh episode. Is it? Which one? Which one do you think I'm going to say? Well, I'm going to assume you're talking about euphoria. Yes. All day long. It's a great episode. It's 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 iconic, that episode. You're really sweet. Everyone wants no, it I'm to not. be Donna Martin graduates, but it's I not, did not. That's not my that favorite. One. It's not my favorite. Euphoria was epic. And when I found out you wrote it, like you took on a whole new meaning to me. You're, you're just only making the case that I'm a very old lesbian writer, but thank no, you. I'm saying you were iconic for writing that incredible episode. Do, do you want to exchange an egg? It's a classic line. Do you want to exchange an egg? That's right. That's how Brandon got to the rave where then he was dosed with euphoria. Because you can't but, say ecstasy or MDMA. Right. Uh-huh. right. So the, yeah, the that was call it now Molly. Standards and practices said, okay, you could do this episode where Brandon, innocent Brandon, gets dosed with Molly or whatever, but you have to call it something else. So I was trying to figure out what it was called. And I was driving behind this car one day, and in their license, it said U, the letter U, for the number four, E, and A. And I was like, euphoria. Oh my God. So I called it that in the script. And then we had the guy like make t shirts that said euphoria. As if you go to a, a rave a club and the guy has like ecstasy. With you yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cocaine. <laughs> right. Heroin right here. Yeah. It's a little Crack. unrealistic, but yeah. <laughs> well, listen, you've got major points in my book when I found out you wrote that episode. It's charming to know these many years later, Kate, that you're a fan of my, of my work. Huge. Huge. You've also worked on Glee. You're a huge part of Glee. Yeah. Well, Glee, not to come back to my grandmother who never spoke to me again after Phil Donahue show. <laughs> but, but, uh, you Sorry, know, I'm I, laughing. It is I sad, almost, no, but. it's terrible. But when, what's interesting is that, you know, when I was growing up, it, we weren't out. And if I had seen people like Santana and Brittany on TV when I was young, it would have made me feel okay to be gay. And so when I was privileged enough to become part of the Glee writing staff, Santana was going to come out to play by uh, Naya Rivera, who, you know, God rest her soul. But uh, she was coming out to her grandmother and her grandmother, we called her Abuela. And uh, in, and I was sort of writing my own story. I literally wrote the words that I told to, to my grandmother when I was coming out and, and my grandmother didn't speak to me anymore. And what was amazing about Glee and about Ryan Murphy was he didn't go back on that. Abuela didn't become loving. Abuela didn't take her in. She just sort of said, you make your choices and I make mine, which is exactly what my grandmother said. Hmm. So, wow. I'm just so happy we live in a culture that is really, really changing. I mean, I look at, um, you know, Generation Q, which we know is for Generation Quad, but uh, <laughs> but it's really for no. Generation Queer. <laughs> and uh, and I just look at, you know, the, the way uh, gay people and transgender people and, you know, non-binary, it's all just amazing the strides that you guys have helped uh, create in the gay community and the queer community. It's pretty amazing. Well, we're, we're just happy to be a part of it. You know, yeah. um, I was actually thinking, like, when did I meet Leisha and Kate? And I think lesbians don't know years measured in numerals. They only know years measured in girlfriends. <laughs> so like, <laughs> <laughs> so like you go, hey, Leisha, I met you when you were with Katie Lang. 
<laughs> which is fucking true. Anyone who doesn't know that, look that shit up. Um, but but I did. I met her when she was was with Katie, and I was you know very intrigued. Obviously, Leisha's super pretty, and Katie's so super talented, and I thought they were so cute as a couple. And like the the whatever gossipy rags at that time that were actually in magazines were like Miss Miss. Product. What do they call you? Miss Mew Mew. What do they call you? <laughs> they did. Yeah, they did. Miss Mew Mew. Miss, why Miss Mew Mew? Because it was like Miss Mr. Prada and Miss Mew Mew. It was sort of like I oh. happen to be wearing it once. I don't know. Okay. Okay. I think you. Uh, I think you liked me because you were working on a pilot in Vancouver, uh, and we were shooting in Vancouver. Leisha was in LA. I happened to be. Uh, in Vancouver that weekend and you were pregnant and I took you out and I took you on a wonderful date and I held the door for you and I made sure you got up the stairs. Okay. I mean, and then, you know, you, and you found that. That's not the like first that. time you met. That is not no, but it's when I, I really hung, but no, it's not when we first met, but it's when I, sp- we like bonded. We bonded that day. By the way, Kate was very chivalrous. Leisha ditched me to go back to California. <laughs> I was literally like 30 weeks I was 30 weeks pregnant, waddling around <laughs> Vancouver in flip-flops. It was so hot. And um, Leisha said, oh, come visit me. Come visit me for like three years when she was working on um, The L Word. And I was up there coincidentally working on a show called Life As We Know It. That was on ABC at the time with uh, Kelly Osborne was one of the leads. But I was hugely pregnant. And um, very chivalrous Kate Menig stepped in as Shane would to (laughs) cart me around (laughs) to cart me around vancouver and we went out for for seafood and it was like a full like it was like the bachelor like you took me on a full-blown day it was a bachelor date it was really amazing there was was no hometowns i mean i took you to hometowns by the way you're right it was a very like platonic hometown um be sure to know that Sarah Gilbert, because that was your baby that was in my tummy. But, um, but it was super, super fun. And she took over where Leisha failed. Quad. That's a quad. quad. No, That's still a quad. Like, because I had a controlling girlfriend that wanted me to come home every weekend. Right. Wasn't I understand. I understand. But we had fun, okay. Allie. We had the best time. I took you to Granville Island. We took the ferry. Walked around. We went, did a little shopping. Yeah, I enjoyed got, the I weather. Got, we got some. Uh, we did thrift shopping. We hung we out did a lot. I was all over the town. Yeah, you were absolutely. That was a good day. Anyway, Leisha, you missed out. You were in. California. I did, and yeah. I'm sorry. I've apologized so many times to it's Allie. It's the only for that. fight we've ever had. No, that's <laughs> it. We we can process this now. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Allie, you're going to help us answer all these amazing questions we get from our listeners because you're such a smart person. Great. And we need help. Hi, Kate. Well, you know I love wine. I just watched the movie Sideways. Oh. And I wanted to have a glass of wine after watching Paul Giamatti describe so beautifully different notes of wine. Fantastic movie. But I don't know as much as the experts in Sideways know about wine. I don't. I don't. And that's why. Well, that's why First Leaf is so great for all of us because they're going to help us through the process. This wine club personalizes wines for you. They'll ask you what you're into. Do you like almonds? Yes. Do you like chocolate? I love it. They're like, Leisha, say no more. Here's the wine for you. How great is that? 
So are you excited about trying First Leaf? I'm so excited to try First Leaf. Okay, great. Also, the more wines you choose on First Leaf, the more they get to know you and the more like distinct they get with what they're picking for you. Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash pans to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F.com slash pants. Tryfirstleaf.com slash pants. You guys know we love to do a little spring refresh and a great place to start with is surprise, your luggage. I mean, I don't know about you, Kate, but I have like in my shed probably a lot more luggage than I need. Well, when I got this space bag, I was like, buy old luggage. I have the perfect bag now. Before I started using base, I would notice their bags like the weekender or the suitcase and it would be like, okay, next time that'll be mine because they just look sleek and they're easy to use. And now that's me. I have one. I can confidently say these things make your life infinitely better. Yeah, and Bass is thought of everything you could ever want in a piece of luggage. You have 360-degree glided wheels, cushioned handle, built-in weight indicator, washable bags for your dirty clothes, and all the interior pockets you need to keep organized. Well, our listeners can also have Bass with our 15% off first purchase by visiting BaseTravel.com slash pants. You go to BaseTravel.com slash pants, you get your 15% off for your first purchase. That's B-E-I-S travel.com slash pants. Helix. I love every chance we get to talk about our mattresses. I had the most fabulous night of sleep last night. We did. We both, you went to bed at nine. I went to bed at, I think, 9.30. Before I woke up at 5 a.m. because I had to watch these episodes for the recap. those hours, those hours in bed were luxury, right? I was in bliss. Because you were on your Helix mattress. All warm and cozy. I was. I actually have had a better night of sleep on this Helix mattress than I've had on any other mattress I've slept on in ages. You know why? Because you took the quiz. That's right. Helix offers a lineup of 20 unique mattresses, including the award-winning Lux Collection, the newly released Helix uh, Elite Collection, which is a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and even a mattress made just for kids. So how do you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You take the Helix Sleep Quiz... And find your perfect mattress in under two minutes. They have the right questions. And your personalized mattress is then shipped straight to your door free of charge. Doesn't going to a mattress store seem like so old school now? Completely. Very analog. And by supporting Helix, you're allowing them to support our show. Thanks, everyone. So go purchase your Helix and thank us for your best night's sleep. Next time you see us. You can thank us in person. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows to our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash pants and use code helixpartner20. That is their best offer yet and won't last long. Because with Helix, better sleep starts now. Okay, we're back. Hey, Lisa and Kate. Uh, My name's Claire from Sydney, Australia. Um, You guys talk a lot about movies and shows you love. I was wondering if there are any that like, scare the shit out of you as an adult. Um, and do you remember the first movie that really scared you as a kid? Mine was Ghostbusters, which is pathetic. Thanks for everything, guys. See ya. Bye. I love this question that's never been asked before. Who wants to go first? Allie, I know exactly what scared me. Oh, yeah. Go ahead, Allie. I do, too. Well, first of all, Claire, I'm really excited that you may be into women after your terrible scare from the Lady Ghost. I mean, that, <laughs> that is, that's like Freud City. Um, yeah, I mean, I was really scared of The Shining. 
that was just a terrifying film for me. There was too much terrible uh, being alone, being in a hotel, being chased with a knife. The twins. Oh, the Mm -hmm. twins were cute. (laughs) (laughs) I remember it for me, it was an episode of Charlie's Angels where Farrah Fawcett keeps getting stalked by this. Yeah. All they showed was a black leather glove, like a hand, and and it would just kind of appear and do something creepy. And I couldn't sleep apparently for like five days. My my mom and I talked about it my whole upbringing. It was like a good five days I couldn't sleep because I thought there was this black glove. I think the first film that scared that, that scared the crap out of me was Alien when the alien comes out of um, Sigourney Weaver. No, it's not Sigourney Weaver. It's actually the he stomach. just died recently. The stomach. Yeah, the stomach. But it was that actor who was really great and he died recently. Anyway. Um, Paul McCray. No. I'm no. just going to keep guessing people. No, not yet. No. But if you ever say his name, I'll say, yes, it was him. That film. But I think the film that still to this day scares me and that I actually will never watch again is The Exorcist Part 3. Well, how did you get through one and two? I Two was terrible. One scared the crap out of me, but Exorcist 3 hit me on some weird cellular level that I've never gotten over. It's, is that is that oh. Damien? Was that Damien? Damien, yeah, Damien. Oh, Damien the- Omen 3. Is that right? No, no, no. That's the Omen. I'm talking about the Exorcist. Oh, uh, why are Two they both different- named o- Damien? Because Father Damien was in The Exorcist, and Damien, and that's a different movie, and Damien was the little deranged boy in, 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 in The Omen. Got it. Anyway. All right, what's the next one? Hi, Kate and Alicia. My name is Julia, and I hail from Southern California. I am 24 years old and currently work as a dog groomer in Phoenix, and I wanted to call in with a question, but I've been so nervous. <laughs> About five years ago, I was scrolling through the L Word post on Instagram, as one does, <laughs> and found an account dedicated to the show. I messaged the girl who ran the account, and we hit it off. I know, meeting strangers online is, like, so scary to you guys, <laughs> but this turned out great. Turns out we were born only 10 days apart on opposite sides of the country. Years of friendship and long-distance dating ensued, and now we are happily living together, married, and are the proud moms of two dogs and three cats. So, you see, I kind of accredit the L word with changing my life in a huge way. Without it, I wonder if I ever would have met my best friend, my soulmate, and I'm crying. (laughs) And that brings me to my question for you guys. Can you think of a piece of art, whether it be a film, a show, a book, a song, or maybe even a literal piece of art to changing your life? Something that maybe altered your course or changed your way of thinking. I want to thank you guys for being a safe place for a scared teenager like myself growing up. I would see your characters and yourself. Oh my God, I did not want to cry. And it gave me hope that maybe one day everything would be okay. And it is. I'm so thankful to you guys. And I love you so much. I hope this message finds you well. Oh, wow. My God, what a wonderful person. What a wonderful story. Look what the L word did. I, I know, bet there's right? a lot of L word love stories, you guys. It's Who knew? all all about rep- being represented in you know film that and part. Right. I understand. I know. Yeah, it's so yeah, important. For sure. I mean, for me, my favorite painter is David Hockney, and I remember seeing it um, at the LACMA. There's a a painting he's done. It's like of 
Mulholland Drive. And ever since I saw that, I started collecting books and everything he does. And I have a tattoo of one of his sketches on my forearm. And he's, for me, there's something about his art that just, it. I think it inspired me to start painting again. And just, um, he's just so honest in how he captures people and his portraits. And I just, I don't know, I get very inspired by him. I can't quite say it. I don't know if it changed my life, but it's, he's definitely inspired me. Joe Polnicek on the Facts of Life. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Like that, my character changed the game for me because that, like, I felt like she was, I was like, she represented me. And I was just a young kid. And I thought, oh, there are girls like me or somewhat like me on television. This is amazing. And she was a huge hero of mine. I mean, that's that thing about representation being so important in all things, not just, you know, sexuality, but gender and race. It's just invaluable to see someone that looks like you on screen. I mean, what I'm talking about, like Santana and Brittany, but on in Supergirl, there's a, a character I created um, named Alex Danvers, who's who's gay. And she was like repressed in the first season and then subsequently came out. And it was really beautiful to see how much love this character got. And, um, you know, she's become an empowered superhero herself, this character. And it's just been really amazing to be a part of something that is going to shape. You know, I remember watching like the bionic woman and going, damn, if only she was gay, (laughs) like she, she was so hot and, and a strong woman. And, but there weren't a lot of, a lot of gay role models when I was growing up. So thank you both for being them, though. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of the L word, too. I didn't think Joe Polnicek was gay inspired. She was just a tomboy and she rode a motorcycle and she wasn't, you know, prim and she wasn't like incredibly feminine. And that was just a nice thing to see in the 80s. But although looking back, her and Blair did have some sexual tension. Nice. You know, I mean, come on. A hundred percent. Yeah. But, you know, I didn't know that at nine or eight, eight or nine years old. I just like that she was a tomboy on television. But like, we didn't know anything. Do you remember a hundred million years ago, that guy, that cartoon that was like, exit stage, right? Of course. And that, that like, like in the, hindsight. The tiger. It was it a tiger? I think he was a from, tiger. From Winnie the um, Pooh? No. Exit stage left. Yeah, I know yeah. exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> Who is that guy? <laughs> what is wrong that with from? Us? Is it from but Looney what's your Tunes point? Because he seemed he seemed gay. Yeah, but I didn't understand that he was gay until I was like forty. Right. <laughs> Snaggle, right. Sna- well, Snaggle there's Bert and Ernie too. The guy's name is Snagglepuss. Yeah, I knew Bert and Ernie were gay for sure. <laughs> Two puppets sharing a room, single beds. <laughs> you know for sure. So they're doing a reboot with the Muppets Generation Q. <laughs> That's a great idea, by the way. By the way, there's the next project. Yeah. All right. What's the next one? Hi, um, my name is Lanny. I want to shout out my friend Jordan really quick who listens to your podcast as well. My question was, so I'm moving to out to LA soon and I just wanted to know, your guys' advice for finding queer friends or the best like lesbian scenes or hangouts or places to be to make queer friends in LA. Thank you. I adore you too. And yeah, I hope you have a good day. Um, Allie, we get a lot of questions about where to meet girls. Oh what's your uh, what's your advice on that? 
Do you have anything you can bring to the table? Yeah, I totally meet a lot of girls in my house where I never leave. And I go downstairs sometimes and I look for girls and there are none except for my 13-year-old daughter who is super loud and messy. So no, not a lot of uh, ladies hanging over at my house lately, but um, I, I mean, I, I think it's hard. I think, I think the way, the way people are meeting people is so drastically different than, you know, how even we knew each other. I mean, when, I when Kate and Leisha, mm -hmm. we'd, we'd go, I mean, you had that girl night and uh, at, at clubs and we'd go there, we'd go to, you know, meet uh to dance and to make fun of other people dancing but um <laughs> but, but i you know now it's all like like yeah. raya or or bumble exactly. or i mean t help me out here i'm sure there's like a female, well, there used female to be, one that's well i we think all, even yeah that's what we were hoping you might know hey, but why don't why don't we do this why don't we create an app of women meeting women but they already exist but not endorsed, not endorsed by Kate and Leisha, professional lesbians. The two, the two that don't know anything about online dating. Right. Exactly. Well, why should you? We need to maybe ask someone a lot younger than the three of us where people go. I mean, well, this is but what then I there's been the so, Yeah, there go. was there were a bunch of uh, lady bars. Uh, that shut down over the last <laughs> like ten bars. years. Well, the especially this pandemic. <laughs> Um, no, but pre-pando, pre there you had the Palms and wasn't there the Normandy room and then this is, there you're used to be like so long ago. Well, Leisha, that's when I was out. There was like truck stop. What, I don't know what that is, but yes, truck, sure. That, um, and, and, and they all went away. This is pre-pandemic. They all shut down and then people were doing like pop-up parties. But the issue is even if they exist, the pandemic shut it all down anyway. So I'm sure all of those parties have, you know, they're... What do they do? Zooms? Okay, let's maybe we can make a promise to everyone that when these start back up and we hear about them, we'll let people we'll let know. You know. I mean, yeah, because we'll be the first to know. Clearly, you got a <laughs> finger on, our, on the pulse. Soon as we hear, you're going to be next in line to know. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly, it's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Knock that fire down, 19. Copy, Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19, all new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com.
Uh, my name is Allie. I'm 23 years old. I'm a teacher slash grad student from North Jersey. Um, and I need some advice. So in college, I was in a two-year-long secret relationship um, with one of my housemates. Do not recommend secret relationships never tend to end well. Um, I have firsthand experience with that. So it wasn't my idea to actually keep things secret. You know, in fact, from the beginning, I totally would have told people. I wanted to tell everybody. Um, it's just that she was not ready to come out. She couldn't tell her family. Her family's super religious, which I, you know, I totally understand. But she didn't want our friends to know. She didn't want her friends to know from home. So essentially, I was doing a lot of lying. Um, that just kind of weighed on me a lot. Um, our relationship was really toxic, very codependent. We were both at fault for a lot of things, but like in two years, like she never said she loved me back. She hated when I tried to hold her hand in public, like, you know, all of that. Um, you can imagine being secret. We literally only had each other to talk about our problems too. So very toxic situation. Um, we officially ended things a couple of months ago, but basically now she has a new girlfriend, which, you know, it's fine. But the thing is, is that she has been very out and about with this girlfriend um since we broke up like she came out to her parents and told all her friends about this new girl who she met and i i really want to be happy for her but i just feel kind of hurt and kind of resentful that she never did that for me um so my question is one have either of you ever been in a secret relationship with another woman um and two do you have any advice for me in this situation um I really don't want to have any negative feelings because I want her to just live her life and move on. And I want to live my life and move on. Um, but I do feel a little bit resentful. So any advice would be appreciated. Love you guys. Thank you so much for your content. Also random, but Kate, you and I share a birthday <laughs> on December 29th. So Capricorn gang. Um, Fellow okay, Capricorn, I'm so sorry. That's just a shitty hand that you got dealt. Yeah, it's like you were the guinea pig. Exactly. And then, and then she seemed to figure it out. The new girl gets all the glory. She figured it out. And then, yeah, and then the new girlfriend gets everything you desired. And I'm really sorry. I, there's no Me real too. answer. It's just the way. Well, how does she it handle it out? now? Because she doesn't want to hold the resentment, well, which I understand, because that's just going to hurt herself. I think you just have to. But I think you, part of it is acknowledging the resentment. Trying to deny it will just let it fester in you. You have to just acknowledge your feelings and process it and then move on. No, I just think this sort of thing is going to take a little time. I was going to say that let me play devil's advocate because I've I've had that situation happen to me in a very one of the one of my biggest re relationships in my life. Uh, when our relationship ended, she came out in this much, much grander way. And she was with um, the new person that she was with and they were walking the red carpet and they were you know, holding hands. And for me, I was just sort of like in the background holding her purse. Um, so I think what you have to remember though, is that it's a coming out process and it's a process. So as much as it feels super personal, I, I let go of any resentment about it. I was hurt about it at the beginning. Um, but I, you have to let go of the resentment because people's coming out process is their own. And uh, it's nice that she can get there. I'm sorry it's not with you, Allie, and I love your name. Um, but but that's just the process. When people are starting to come out, they don't they can't find their feet beneath themselves until they're ready to walk. So um, I'm so sorry that happened to you. And maybe it's just setting you up for a relationship you can't yet see that's around the corner. 
Right, where you'll both Ooh. be out and happy and proud together. Good answer, Allie. You need that was to come really on good, Allie. Often. Well, Allie yeah. felt it. She knew how to really answer it. Yeah, she did. So forget everything we said and just listen to Allie. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I like a third leg to this pants. I'm really into yeah. that. <laughs> you can't put your pants on without this extra leg. That's right. <laughs> hey, friends. My name is Archie. I'm from New York. I um, had my gay awakening to the L word. I used to watch it when my mom wasn't home. And as soon as she came home, I would change the channel. So thank you for that. Um, uh, My question for y'all is, do you believe in true love? Do you believe in true love? And if you do, what in your life has contributed to you believing in true love? Has it been examples of relationships that you've seen or characters that you've played? I'm just at a point where I feel like finding a partner is probably one of the more difficult things in my life. Just someone that really balances me. And I'm getting antsy and I'm like looking at all of these romance movies, these even just whatever movies that have these big bombastic love um, couples in it. And I am just like... Wondering if that's all true or if real love looks different. So I'd love to hear from you about that. Thanks. I want her to stop watching these like sweeping films thinking that's reality. And if it doesn't and if it doesn't match that level, then she's missing out on something. I feel like there's nothing more romantic than Leisha Haley's love story. My first girlfriend. It's the most romantic story in the world. My first girlfriend when I was 20 years old, we were together for almost five years. We broke up. I was only, I mean, I was barely 25 years old. Um, I actually wasn't yet. And then we didn't really see each other for over, I mean, we saw each other every couple of years in the 20 odd years that we would run into each other, um, but didn't really speak or have a friendship. And we fell back in love like almost four years ago. If that's not a story of true love, I don't know what it is. I want to add my two cents in of when I met this ex-girlfriend when we were in Canada and we all happened to be staying at the same hotel and we were shooting the pilot and Leisha's like, oh my God, my ex is staying at this hotel. Oh my God. And she's freaking out. We all just met and it was Aaron, Leisha and I, and we wound up like running into her at the elevator, you know, like she was getting off. We were about to get on. Leisha's like, oh my God, that was my ex. Oh my God, that was my ex. And Aaron and I looked at her and it's like, she seems really cool. What's what happened? <laughs> <laughs> and you got so pissed that we weren't like on that level with on you. Saying, oh my God, my she's ex. here. You shouldn't like her. Yeah. I can't believe so it. Ridiculous. I can't believe we were like, she seems pretty cool. And when you would like end some relationship over the years, you'd say, oh, I just wish I could find someone like this first <laughs> girlfriend I had. <laughs> I know. And she was, yeah, always my parents' favorite, my sister's favorite. You're know. living she the might... dream, Quad. Well, listen, Quad. She's my I'm favorite. Lu- I'm lucky. <clears throat> I'm lucky. You are lucky. Both of you are lucky. Super lucky at love. So I believe in true love. That's my answer. But what's true love exactly? You know, you can have it more than once. You can, it's like you can be in love with more than one person. Sure, of course. Life. Of course. Allie, what do you say? Yeah, I mean, I, I, think, I think Kate... Yeah, I mean, I think what Kate's saying is true that like you fall in love over and over and in the moment you're the most in love you've ever been. Um, But yeah, I Mm -hmm. do think there's, you know, I'm not too jaded to think that there's the one, you know, maybe there have been the ones, 
But uh, I, I, yeah, I, I'd love to think there's the one. Well, it kind of goes along with, the, with, with saying, oh, do you believe in soulmates? Yeah, sure. But you can have more than one. Yeah. Just not at a time. Although a lot of, a lot of people are down for that too. <laughs> well, that sounds really exhausting. And I don't know how you get anything else done in your life, but you can have more than one in your life. Sure. Let's, we'll do one more. Hi, Kate and Lisa. My name is Mary, and um, I'm listening to your podcast as I drive up I-29 to Bellevue, Nebraska. And so I'm just curious, what is your guilty pleasure? Uh, what movie do you watch despite how bad it may be or whatever critics may say? Um, so just curious about that. And um, I'll say hi to your hometown when I'm up there here in an hour. So have a great day. Thank you. Allie, what's your guilty pleasure? I mean, honestly, I'm going to be really honest. I don't feel yeah. guilty about it at all, but people might think of it as a guilty pleasure is I, since day one, have watched Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Every episode, every day, every offshoot, Chloe and Kim take Manhattan, take Miami, take the Hamptons. I've watched the little Jenner girls grow up into becoming millionaires and billionaires. I think that the show is, has taught us, and we were talking about before we've, we were talking about representation and to me, they have represented sisterhood, female entrepreneurship, um, a positive, uh, aspect of, uh, dating someone who has a different kind of body of interracial dating of transgender of, uh, They've explored drug addiction and recovery. They have touched every point of what society looks like. And so people might think of it as a guilty pleasure. And yes, I could teach a class in Kardashian, but I really do think it's a wonderful thing in terms of <laughs> representation, given that whatever they're doing, mental health and Kanye stuff, like every point of what we experience, drug addiction with Lamar. I mean, we have every way and how they approach it is always together as a family. And I'm sorry, I could talk about this ad nauseum. I just do think that it's actually something that's really, I know it seems like I should be guilty, but I'm actually, I know the people that watch the Kardashians are wildly obsessed and passionate about it. But not just because it's like, you know, reality TV. I actually think it's so real that they end up showing solutions on it. And yes, there's a lot mm. of like gaudy overspending and jets and all that stuff. That's not what I'm interested in. At the end of the day, this is a family that comes together and takes care of their problems together. And mm. they have problems that represent just like ours. They just fix them a little differently because they're so low. Right. Right. Because they're so loaded. Is that what you said? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which Rolls Royce should I get? I have such a problem. Not that part, but the part where they experience heartache and cheating and all those things that we all experience, but they just do it on a grander scale. All I, I feel like all I watch is guilty pleasure stuff. I mean, then I watch Mayor of Easttown to like, you know, because it's such, that's such great television. But um, I mean, 90 Day Fiance. Fantastic. It's the, do you watch that too? I watch garbage upon garbage. I watch yes. the garbage of the garbage's children. I watch Below Deck. Yeah. I watch oh, Summer I, that, House. No, do you watch Alaskan? Wait, wait, wait. Do you watch Alaskan Bush People? Yes, Thank I you. do. Isn't that yes. a, it's a treasure? It's incredible. a little treasure. It's incredible. <laughs> I love it. I still watch Jersey Shore sometimes. If of course I have to you come do. Upon it, of even course. though you know it's like it should should have been over when it ended back in 2010. I still watch it. I understand. They're familiar love, folks to you. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I mean, I I'm know, obsessed with any and all murder shows. Like, I'm just like, what's my problem? That's what I like to watch. 
You're like the NBC Keith, what's his name, shows, Deadline. I love it all. Oh, is that what you are? You're, I love you're it a all. Deadline girl? Yeah, I love all of it. Trying Ugh. to solve it. There's a new one called uh, The Sons of Sam on Netflix. Did you see that? Oh, scary. Yeah. Did you see it, Leash? No, I haven't seen it yet. I saw it, though. You haven't watched it. Um, anyway, check it out. It's okay. Well. That was it. Allie, I mean, we would love to have you come back on Pants anytime. I'm available you, as a guest host anytime. Okay. You are the perfect third leg in this pants structure. So come back. I, it would be my honor. I'm I'm very happy to be your friends and to be your third leg anytime. All right. We love right, you. We're going to be in touch with you in a couple months. Love you, Allie. Awesome. Love you guys. Bye. Mwah. Thank you for listening to Pants, a podcast brought to you by myself, Kate Menig, and Leisha Haley. Produced by Melissa D. Montz. Please listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can follow Pants on Instagram, at The Pants Pod. Theme song by Carolina Para of the band CSS. And graphics are by Love Fox. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.